You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 599 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Saturday evening. I guess it's early evening here in Las Vegas, where I am coming to you live from my hotel room. Uh, I guess later in the evening, if you are back on the East Coast in Atlanta or anywhere else, and the Hawks got into uh, action today uh, in Summer League against the Milwaukee Bucks, a back and forth game the Hawks led for the vast majority of the contest, but the Bucks closed the Hawks out with an 89 83 victory. Obviously, it is worth noting that uh, Summer League wins and losses don't matter all that much or really at all, but that was not really the lead story that transpired on Saturday. We'll talk about it a little bit as we get going here and really in between this, but the lead story was the fact that, uh, well, other than the NBA world breaking uh, breaking in the middle of the night uh, last night with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, the Hawks did make one trade announcement earlier today, at least as I'm recording this, and again, it's about 5 o'clock local Pacific time, 8 o'clock Eastern, so maybe if you listen to this later, this information will not be up to date necessarily, but just for some context here, the Hawks did announce the Allen Crabb, Torian Prince draft pick trade with the Brooklyn Nets earlier in the day. Um, the moratorium came to an end at noon on Saturday, noon Eastern on Saturday, allowing the Hawks and the other team to actually formally announce these trades and signings that only could happen in a new league year. Um, the Hawks have a lot of business to do, including that um, the Crab Prince trade. That was the first. That was the first item business that, if you remember, that deal was actually consummated in early June. So basically, a full month later is finally getting announced and all that fun stuff. But everything else is still on hold as of this moment. Um, and, and by everything else, I mean the DeAndre Hunter trade is the biggest part of this. The Bruno Fernando trade involving Philadelphia, also the Chandler Parsons trade has not been announced just yet. There's lots of uh, different moving parts here, and uh, that is the backdrop of what's going on. The first thing that I wanted to point out, though, is that the Crab Prince. Trade did come with some quotes from Travis Schlenk for the first time. He was allowed to talk about this. Uh, Schlenk referred to Alan Crabb as a, quote, proven veteran in this league, end quote. And he also said that he is someone who, quote, adds another three, adds another three-point threat on the wing, end quote, for the Hawks. And uh, also Travis thanked Torian Prince and wished both Torian and his family the best of luck in Brooklyn, a classy way to go out, of course, for the Hawks there. But that no, no real takeaway because there's not really a whole lot of basketball in, in, input that we haven't discussed on that one. But the other one uh, that was actually obviously more impactful to Saturday was the, uh, the the lack of an announcement on Bruno Fernando and, of course, um, DeAndre Hunter. So, you know, all that to say, the Lakers did not end up signing Kawhi Leonard, so they were kind of free to operate under the cap in the way that they were, you know, going to without some, ur- some level of urgency. With that said, um, you know, there's no reason for the Hawks to delay this trade. And from what I understand, being on the ground here, um, this is not me breaking in any, any news here. The Hawks are not the one delaying, delaying the DeAndre Hunter trade. Um, just for the record, the Anthony Davis trade has not been announced just yet. That's the one that has to uh, be the first domino to fall. So that, that, of course, includes the Lakers and the Pelicans. And then after that, the Hawks then, then have to come together with the Pelicans on the Hunter trade. And then after that, the Hawks have to take what is the only part of the Fernando, the Fernando trade that's hung up is the number 57 pick, but that is involved in the uh, Hunter trade. So they cannot announce Bruno Fernando until after the DeAndre Hunter trade. So 
All that to say, uh, the Hawks are probably a little bit frustrated at this point in time, I would imagine, at the delay because it ended up costing Fernando and Hunter a summer league game. Um, that, of course, is not a big deal in any, shape, any, any way, shape, or form because, you know, aside from just the frustration of not being able to watch these guys in summer league, a, uh, an absence of a summer league game does not really take away much of anything. You might remember that last year Kevin Hurd did not play at all in summer league. He was injured. Cam Reddish this year, it's one game. Zion played about a half or, I guess, three quarters and then left the game. Uh, sorry, actually, no, it was a half, and uh, he's now ruled out. So, there's lots of guys. In fact, this summer league is almost cursed. There's a lot of rookies coming in that are not going to be playing over the next week or so. Uh, fortunately for the Hawks, no injuries uh, to Hunter and Fernando, but those guys are not quite on the floor just yet. Um, and you know, as of this point, we'll see if they play on Sunday. I'm going to save the uh, breakdown of Saturday's game for a little bit later on the podcast. But for now, I will say just everybody needs to relax just a little bit. I understand the frustration to some degree. Even the Hawks are frustrated by the delays here. They'd love to announce these guys. They'd love to have Travis Schlank talk about them, be able to have those guys interviewed for PR purposes purposes, et cetera, et cetera. But in the grand scheme, missing one summer league game does not really have a big impact. I understand why it's a big deal because there's something else going on right now for the Hawks. It's so quiet and free agency that it's the only story worth discussing. And just, and by the way, I totally agree with everyone that said, that said this in my mentions on Twitter and other places. It is absurd that the league has it um, set up this way. Uh, no argument here whatsoever. It's just a situation where the impact itself is not is not necessarily uh, tre- tremendous and enormous on this on this front. Um, hopefully, if you're the Hawks, you get this deal announced later on Saturday or maybe even Sunday morning if it, if, it, if it takes that long, and that might allow Fernando and Hunter to take the floor on Sunday in the team's second game. And uh, you know, at, at a minimum, from that point forward, the Hawks have four more games. There could be more than that, but with a loss on Saturday, it's a little bit less likely that they actually make the tournament, which is only eight teams. But at a bare minimum, the Hawks will play five games. They'll, they'll only play one to this point in time. So we will follow that, of course, and I will be here for the duration, so stay tuned for all of that. So... All that to say, uh, we're we're definitely in holding. That's the only update there, and uh, nothing, and I mean nothing, on the free agent market. I've talked to some people, um, kind of just poking around, trying to get some information about what, what was going to be going on. And generally, uh, the consensus is the Hawks are going to do something on the margins, most likely. But uh, even the uh, popular targets that might have been ambitious for the Hawks, like Boogie Cousins and Marcus Morris, those guys are off the are, those guys are off the uh, off the radar now as well with Boogie signing and Marcus Morris, etc. So uh, the pickings are slim, I will say. And uh, oh, and also Avika Zubac re-upped with the Clippers. So uh, very quiet on the free agency market. I'm expecting now, you know, if the Hawks don't make a trade that I don't necessarily foresee, they're going to roll into the season with, with some cap space, but they're going to have to sign someone. Uh, you know, they have two open roster spots, could be three, and uh, they'll, they'll be active at some point. But you might remember, again, re- remember last year that Daniel Hamilton signed at the end of July. So uh, no urgency necessarily on that front. And uh, all is focused to summer league at this point in time. After this short break, we'll come back and talk about what transpired actually on the court on Saturday. All right, and we're back. Um, you know, before things actually started, obviously there was a lot. There was the DeAndre Hunter, Bruno Fernando watch. I was tweeting about this. The Hawks were uh, Hunter and Fernando were sitting near guys from the Hawks, waiting for the first game to end. The Hawks were the second game that was taking place in this small gym that's Cox Pavilion here in Las Vegas. Those guys were at least interacting with some Hawks individuals, not in the Hawks gear, which is probably a smart thing to play under the radar if you're those guys. But uh, obviously, did not end up going near the bench or taking part in anything from that point forward. Um, courtside, there were four members of the Hawks. Um, just, just to sort of set the scene a little bit, I don't know if you probably watched it on TV, I'm sure they I'm sure they discussed this a little bit, but Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, and Chandler Parsons made appearances uh, courtside and were sitting uh, pretty much clumped together on the opposite side of the floor. 
But um, shortly before tip-off, a couple of injuries broke, and they were actually, while these are not like high-profile injuries, they're guys who I want to see and a lot of people want to see in summer league. That was that Jalen Adams was ruled out with a sore toe, and Charlie Brown Jr., the two-way uh, contract guy from St. Joseph's, was ruled out with a sore hip. So two unfortunate absences. Um, you know, Greg Foster, who's the summer league head coach and, of course, the full-time Hawks assistant coach, was uh, not committal about those guys returning on Sunday, but he was hopeful that those guys would be able to play on Sunday. We'll see how that unfolds. But I'm told those were, those are real injuries. It was not a, a load management situation in summer league, uh, but it is a back to back. So we'll see how we'll see how they fare on Sunday if they are to fare. But um, with Fernando and Hunter unavailable, and then Adams and Brown unavailable. Um, that took four of the five roster options off the table for the Hawks that are actually you know, going to be around when the season opens. Um, everybody else that's on the roster, aside from, Mar- aside from Amari Spellman, was a non-roster MIT, two summer league, a couple of interesting guys that we'll touch on here in a second, but it sort of took a lot of the uh, juice out of the proceedings. A lot of Hawks fans that I heard from didn't watch the game, and I can't blame you necessarily. You know, I was there and covered the game, and we're going to talk about it here in a second, but um, I understand so- some of that, and hopefully Sunday will be more of a, a full cast of characters on board for Atlanta. Um, to the game itself, I'm not going to do a whole lot of blow-by-blow blow because it's a summer league game, but the Hawks uh, played well early. They uh, led, by, led by as many as 14 in the first half. I thought the first quarter was pretty encouraging. They played at a fast pace. They still led by, still led by six at the end of the third quarter, but the lead was fully gone by the seven-minute mark of the fourth, and then from there it was all bucks. They took a five-point lead um, early on in the fourth. I will say the Hawks did battle a little bit. The fourth quarter, I hope you guys missed this one, honestly, because the fourth quarter was basically unwatchable. It was sort of a running joke after the game that it was uh, not exactly the best uh, endorsement of just basketball in general, much less summer league basketball, but not a a lot of fun there at the end, but the Hawks just didn't execute very well, and Milwaukee made enough plays to get the win. Um, You know, As far as individuals are concerned, that's always what this is going to be about. If you're a new listener to the podcast, hopefully you recognize this already, but summer league is basically only about individual player evaluation. You know, Occasionally, you can get some some scheme stuff if there's a new coach, but the Hawks have the same system coming back with Lloyd Pierce, so not a whole lot to uh, grab from there. So it's a lot about individual player evaluation. I would say pretty clearly the bright spot in this game was Tajir McCall, um, a guy. Actually, I tweeted this out before the game, so this is not just me saying this after after the fact. There is a visual evidence of that on my Twitter feed before tip off. But I was asking around just people that I think are tr- are trustworthy and you know cover the G League, cover the league in general, that are national people, not just Hawks people, um, that. I looked at this roster and basically said that Tajir, that, that, that Tajir McCall was going to be the best prospect of all the guys who were non-roster MITs for Atlanta, and he looked the part in a big way here. I will be the first to say I did not watch a ton of him. I was not terribly familiar with him before this. I did watch a little bit of him before this game started, after I heard from some people. Uh, I, w- I, w- I went back and watched some film on him, and I'm intrigued by his defense, and that definitely came to light here. He had 16.7 rebounds and four steals to go along with an assist and a block in 34 minutes. He was the best player for the Hawks in this game, which is interesting. Um, you know, Background here: McCall is from Tennessee State. He is uh, he, he was playing in the G League with the Long Island Nets last year, so he was he's been a professional for a little bit of time here, but not someone who was on my radar in a big way. He is, uh, I believe, he'll be twenty yeah he'll be twenty five years old in August, which is not not super young, but not also over the hill where he wouldn't be a factor. Um, if you just watch this game, you certainly will come away with the fact that he could be an NBA player. Defensively is is the big thing for me. Um, Greg Foster referred to uh, McCall as a quote junkyard dog end quote. And they were definitely uh, 
I guess bragging about his enthusiasm defensively. Even McCall in his in his post game interview with the media that are on hand here in Vegas, he was talking about how he enjoys playing defense. You could definitely take tell that he takes pride in that, and that's something that always appeals to me. If you're a new listener to the podcast, I'm definitely someone who values defense more than the average person does. So that definitely uh, spoke to me a little bit. I think offensively, he showed some flashes. You know, shooting's the problem for McCall in some ways. You know, his his career G League numbers were about 29 percent from three. That is the big question with him is is a jump shot to be sure. But everything else looked good in this game. He, he made his only three point attempts. So so not, not a lot of volume, but I thought he played very well and uh, sort of circled himself as someone to, to discuss the rest of the week based on how he played in this spot. Uh, elsewhere, not a lot going on in the non-roster camp. I, I do think Matt Mooney had some nice moments from Texas Tech. I talked about this on, on the Summer League preview episode, but he's probably the uh, most intriguing guy that I've seen a lot of before this. Um, didn't shoot the ball well in the second half, was 3 of 11 from the floor, but played good defense, had four assists, ran some good stuff offensively. Jordan Seibert led the team in scoring. He had 22 points. Did not shoot the ball well from the floor. He was 4 for 14. You, you will remember Seibert as a guy who was uh, with the Hawks' uh, big league roster last year on a 10-day contract. Didn't last too long. Definitely more of an offense first player, not a true three and D guy because he's not just he's not very big and defensively doesn't have too much going on. But got to the line ten times, made all ten. That was pretty encouraging. Was the leading scorer for the Hawks. He's uh, at least a fringe prospect. He would it would not blow me away if he was in somebody's camp. And you know if the Hawks brought him to camp, that would not surprise me at all considering the relationship that they had with him and brought him up last year. Um, elsewhere though, not a whole lot to say from Nick Ward, Thomas Winbush, Reed Travis had a couple of nice moments in the first half from former Kentucky forward big man. He had eight points and seven rebounds, but and. Uh, Amin Noir struggled pretty visibly. He's the guy who I think was the odd man out in terms of people that made an impact on the floor here. And then Landon Lucas did not play at all. So the Hawks had a pretty short roster. They only played eight guys. That's pretty noteworthy for a summer league game, especially the opener of summer league. So guys played a lot of minutes. The big headline story, though, aside from uh, the play of Tajir McCall, was Amari Spellman. I thought Spellman in the first, you know, and by the way, just for context here, a lot of people had some harsh reactions to Spellman's performance in this game after the fact. I saw a lot of comments that were, you know, kind of ripping him for the way he played. I thought the second half, he was pretty bad. Um, so I understand that, to be honest with you, if you watch the second half of this game and just parachuted in, you might have thought Spellman looked terrible, and I would not blame you. I thought the first half, though, he played pretty well. Actually had some nice moments. Six points, five rebounds in the first half, had two block shots, was very active, calling out rotations. The energy level was pretty good in the first half. After the half, though, was really inefficient, to be honest with you. I believe he shot, uh, I think it was like one yeah, one of seven after the halftime break, 0-3 from three. Uh, only three rebounds, only two points, was minus 10. I thought Spellman physically did not look great in this game. You know, he's still listed on the Hawks official listing at 6'9", 245. That does not seem like the case right now for Amari Spellman. And I, I don't, I don't want to go too deep into the into the uh, weight stuff with Amari. He's been on the record talking quite a bit about this in the past. But after, you know, he got, he got hurt last year, was shut down with an ankle injury, so I'm sure he wasn't doing a ton of, um, you know, running and that kind of stuff late in the year. But he's been healthy for two-plus months now and did not look to be any uh, any in any better shape than he was in at the end of, at the end of last season. Spellman was asked by Chris Kirchner of The Athletic after the game, about his conditioning and the program the Hawks have him on. He was complimentary of the Hawks and the way that they've helped him to get on track, but he did admit that he has a long way to go, and it looked like that, at least in the physicality stuff. That's kind of where I'll leave it for now. I don't want to go too deep into Amari's body type and all that st- all that stuff, but he, he did look like he might be gassed a little bit at, at different times and uh, physically did not look to be in the best shape in the world. But I thought in the first half he actually did, pretty, he actually did play pretty well and looked pretty good after the half. A struggle. So you definitely want to see more from Mari in the overall standpoint here because, you know, th- today he was put in a tough spot because he was the only NBA level player on, on the floor for the Hawks. And that kind of leads to some unrealistic expectations in some ways. And playing through him a lot, but Greg Foster put, said that he was not worried about, uh, about Amari at all. And we'll see how he looks with more talent around him playing next to or, you know, next to Bruno Fernando, next to DeAndre Hunter, guys with more physicality and athleticism. 
It'd be nice if Cam Reddish could play. I get that. But, uh, you know, Spellman is someone to monitor throughout the week, and we'll see how he looks. He just he, he talked about being frustrated while he was injured about just he, he likes basketball quite a bit, and he loves basketball and wants to, wants to play. He was frustrated by not being able to get out there, and he was just happy to be out there. But he was, you know, Amari is famously competitive. He was the one guy after the game that seemed visibly and uh, visibly bothered by the loss, and that's that's to be expected. But some guys are just competitive. You know, the coaches and some of the players weren't terribly bothered. It's a summer league game. I get all that, but Amari didn't seem to be happy that they lost, and that's just how things work in summer league. So, um, you know. No grand takeaway. I think we learned, hopefully, uh, I was uh, trying to get everybody to relax last year during, during Summer League, both high and low, on guys like Trey Young. Trey, of course, struggled in Utah and then showed some moments in, in Vegas, and the reactions were you know, kind of infamous now and in how ridiculous they got during Utah Summer League. You know, This is not quite on that level, obviously, because Amari's not the same kind of uh, prospect slash uh, famous person that Trey Young is, but uh, Amari, I, I, would just, I, was, I would just say, uh, hold your takes a little bit. It's one Summer League game. It wasn't a great representation of Amari Spellman, but if you watch the first half and, and turn the game off, I think it would have been a lot better. So, um, he, by the way, he's, not, he's also not someone that's going to look great on uh, on tape in summer league. He's not, he's, not the, he's not the best athlete in the world. He is an explosive dunker. You know, defensively, he had some interesting moments, some challenging moments, but I thought Amari was in the right place at the right time for the most part in the first half. Played with good energy, and we'll talk about him more as the week goes on. I don't want to blow uh, all of the angles that transpire here because, look, you know, the as soon as, soon as the... Um, Fernando and Hunter combination arrive. That'll be some content for us to discuss, obviously. But aside from that, there isn't just too much to dive into. So obviously we'll have a close eye on Spellman, close eye on Jalen Adams, close eye on, on Charlie Brown, in addition to the first, uh, to the two incoming draft picks that are going to be there. And then for me, at least, Tajir McCall is now on the radar as a guy to at least keep an eye on throughout the week. But uh, no grand proclamations coming out of Summer League. That's going to be the way this is. I will come to you uh, guys after every game. That, that's, that, that'll be the recording schedule unless there's some free agent news or something crazy. Um, I, will, I will be recording after every game. Um, obviously the Hawks play again on Sunday. We'll keep an eye on that. I will be in the building for that one at Thomas and Mack Center, and then we'll have a podcast at some point Sunday evening. Um, this one's a little bit quicker turnaround because there wasn't too much going on after the game, but uh, here we are, and I, I will definitely have a, a podcast before your morning commute the following day at a bare minimum over the next week or so, so please stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to this podcast. I really appreciate everybody that's already done that. It's been uh, some nice growth to see, and I'm really encouraged and thankful for everyone that's uh, elected to subscribe and uh, join the uh, join the show as a listener. I really appreciate that, but uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Himalaya app, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, you know, uh, Google Podcasts, all those pl- all those platforms. If we're not at a, pl- at a platform that you want to listen to the podcast on, please let me know that and I will get it fixed, hopefully in the very near future. So please stay tuned for that. I appreciate everybody listening and I will see you all at the very least Sunday afternoon slash evening after the Hawks are finished with their next Summer League game.